G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It seems a little strange to some people, but there are those in our wonderful nation of Australia who do spend some of their best time dreaming and strategizing about how to win Australia for Christ. A conversation about having a God-given dream today and the importance of knowing who plays a part in fulfilling that dream. A few questions that we might bandy around today. Are you called to ministry full-time, but funding is holding you back? Are you in full-time ministry, but limited because of funding? Do you have a vision or a gospel project, a campaign, a building or a dream that needs funding. So we will talk about money today and how you get legs on the sorts of dreams that you might have. And this is your personal dream, or it could be a dream that you have with some friends within your local church context. So this is not just about the biggest dreams today, but what might happen in your context, in your town, no matter where you might be right throughout Australia. There is a special two-day event that's on in Sydney this weekend that's focused on funding your God-given dream. It's part of a series of workshop seminars leading up to what's expected to be a huge culmination later this year, a gospel transformation campaign. And Shane Deegan, who leads Jesus Loves Australia, has a dream to see Sydney's ANZ Stadium filled with prayer and praise, and he's aiming for that to be in November. And Shane is joining us for our conversation today. Shane Deegan, a special welcome along to 2020. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm really well, Shane. Great to have a conversation about this. And, you know, here we are right in the middle of what your dream is. And uh, I was just reflecting to, uh, with someone uh, shortly before coming on the air today, and there is a sense in which I sort of see you as being a little bit like Peter, and uh, Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter is over the edge, and he's out of the boat, and he's walking on the water. Uh, give us some insights here, because uh, people don't necessarily know the size of what your dream is. Let's talk about Jesus Loves Australia as we get into our conversation, because you've got a big, uh, specific sort of a dream, and uh, you're seeing this as a God-given dream, and uh, trying to put legs on that to make that happen. Give us a little bit of insights into uh, into Jesus Loves Australia. Okay, yeah, so Jesus Loves Australia... There definitely is a dream to fill ANZ Stadium, but the heart behind the dream is to see Australia come back to Jesus. And we we just really believe that um, God wants to see Australia come back to him, that we are indeed going to be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And what God wants to use, to, the vehicle that he wants to use to see that happen is the body of Christ. He wants his people to work together 
for the nation of Australia to see it come back to Jesus. And so if we look throughout history at the different moves of God that have happened across our nation, notably 1902, the Great Melbourne Revival, 1959 when Billy Graham came to Australia, cities were transformed because of those moves. But what was signatory in those moves was prayer, unity, and working together, missionally working together. And so we just really believe in unity um, and the power of that. The scriptures tell us, Psalms 133 says that unity commands a blessing. It moves God's heart um, for him to move in power because when we unite together, there's a humility it takes to humble ourselves, to work together, to not always have to be the leader or have uh, to do things our own way. So as we unite, there's also power in that because different people have got different ideas and different experience. So the collective think tank is much wiser and um, and the heart of working together just draws a grace from heaven. Um, you know, humility draws grace. And so, and that grace is where God moves in power. But the city or the region or the town gets to hear the gospel. That's what happens. Um, Sydney is a fairly sizable city, and if you were to drive down the main one of the main roads on any given day, you wouldn't know that Jesus is Lord because you don't see His name plastered all over the place. However, if all the churches work together and the different movements and denominations were to work together, there would be enough power behind that where we could literally evangelise a city to see Jesus up on all the billboards. Um, all the Christians advertising him wearing T-shirts, putting wraps on their car or banner in their front yard or something in their shop front window to see the Church of God come alive together um, as a majority would literally speak into a city. Could you imagine it? Like Jesus would be the subject of conversations in schoolyards and uni campuses and workplaces all across the city. People would be having spiritual gospel conversation. Shane, when we talk prayer and unity and working together, there's something I'll just draw attention to here because unity doesn't necessarily mean working together because I might be an evangelical and I might say I'm at unity with uh, the uh, Pentecostals or with some more traditional churches. Uh, I might say that there is already a wonderful unity there because we say we are united, because we're not at each other's throats, because we're not attacking one another, we say there's a unity. But this idea of working together, this is something of a demonstration of unity. Unity. I wonder whether you can reflect on that because uh, I imagine that if you're going to fill ANZ Stadium later this year, uh, it's going to take people working hard together to actually make that happen. And they're going to have to come from all these different denominational backgrounds. Yeah, so that's right. And probably my first thought on what you just said is the difference between relational unity and missional unity. And so you find that a lot of leaders, heads of churches, um, pastors, they have a relational unity. So they might um, have coffee together or get together and pray. Um, and, and that happens to different levels in different regions across this city and probably all of Australia and indeed the world. Um, but then there's missional unity. And that's where 
upon the foundation of that relationship, they actually decide to do something together for the community. And just as you said, Neil, that's when it becomes visible to the community that there is uh, unity in the churches. So what we have is, you know, if you go out there and you talk to a lot of people who are not of faith yet, then you find out that they actually think that to be Presbyterian or Anglican or Pentecostal or Evangelical, each one of those are different religions. They're not. Um, I was actually just talking to someone the other day and they said, yeah, it's because on the census form you had to pick which religion were you. Were you Presbyterian? Were you Catholic? Were you Anglican? And people didn't realize that, um, you know, we are actually all of one religion, of one faith. Um, so, yeah. Um, so we've got we've got this. Uh, we are of one faith, and uh, we are one Christian faith. Uh, interesting here, because when you talk about a missional unity, Shane, uh, there is a sense here in which uh, we can feel like uh, there's the mission that the evangelicals have, or the mission that the Pentecostals have, or the mission that the more mainline. Churches might have, uh, but there is essentially something in here that I suspect is an ingredient that is a uniting ingredient, and that is uh, appreciating what God's mission is, because this is the mission we're on, not our own thing. Uh, this is God's mission that we're all pursuing, or we're supposed to be pursuing. Maybe we're maybe we're not all pursuing God's mission, but that's that's the the central thing that we perhaps need to come around. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and so, I mean, God's mission, the whole reason Jesus came to the earth was to die on a cross and to demonstrate his love for us, to take the penalty, the punishment for our sins, and to demonstrate his power over death so that through faith in him we can come to heaven too. And so the gospel, whether you're Catholic, you're Christian, evangelical, Protestant, charismatic, is the same. So technically speaking, we should be able to unite around the gospel. The gospel doesn't change from denomination to denomination. In the words of one famous evangelist, he said, you know, the ABCs of the gospel will let the um, denominations worry about the XYZs, but the ABCs are all the same. And that's kind of the premise, the basis we go into when we're talking to the different movements and their leaders, is that we can unite around that that Jesus paid our price um, is unanimous to any Christian. Okay, we've got a foundation point there, and uh, Jesus is the central foundation. And just to put uh, a little extra uh, substance to these things that we're talking about here, Shane, because while as Christian believers we might appreciate that a starting point for faith may be coming to a place of repentance, of turning our hearts towards God to receive this wonderful uh, gift of salvation that he's given to us by grace. Beyond that it comes a pursuit of Christ-likeness. Beyond that becomes the idea that salt and light in a community is a transforming, powerful aspect. And I suspect that what you're talking about is the beginning of that, to come around those things that we can all agree on. And then beyond that, of course, you know, we're different in some ways as to what we're called to do, to be that salt and light and the transformative effects that come into a community. Uh, give us some thoughts uh, just on the fact that there is substance beyond 
this initial time of believing on Christ? Yeah, so um, if you're to look at two things, evangelism and discipleship, I personally believe that discipleship is the process of that transformation you're talking about. And um, there's what they talk about, informational-based discipleship, where people are just learning, learning, learning. But we know that real transformation happens through obedience. So obedience-based discipleship um, is where the power of transformation comes into play. And transform people, transform others. And so as you you know, start to look more like Jesus and shine him in your words, your language, your actions, your motives, your deeds, other people catch that. And part of being a disciple is making disciples. Uh, disciples make disciple makers. Um, and so as we're out there, we're shining the light of Jesus and spreading the seeds of the gospel. Then there are some that germinate. And then we're able to speak into those people's lives and see them with an accountability. I've just actually recently come across this thing that has taken my own personal discipleship, some of the people I disciple, to a whole new level because there's an added component of accountability in that discipleship time. So as we are going out amongst churches, you know, a lot of what we do is training in evangelism and in some places training for discipleship. A lot of churches and denominations have got their own stuff in place for discipleship, so we don't really impose any of our stuff on them. Um, but some churches are struggling and want help with discipleship, so we come alongside them and give them some practical tips from a massive wealth of resources that we have in this area and, um, and yeah, just to help them disciple those new believers because the... the for what we're doing, the gospel campaign, there will be a lot of decisions. Last year there were some, and we believe there will be even more this year. So um, we want to see those people go on and be transformed, because as we mentioned, the transformed people will transform society. And so that's why we really try to partner with churches, because a lot of churches have got mature believers who would disciple someone who would meet up with them for coffee each week and kind of read through the Bible with them and and pray with them and have some accountability there. Um, if they were to, if they had a new believer that would say, "Hey, here I am, disciple me," and so that's what we have because a lot of decisions are made. Um, we'll have these new believers available um, who want to be discipled. So that's why we're working with the churches to see that discipleship take place. Well, you've got a workshop on this weekend. We're talking about putting legs on the dream that God has given to you. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Shane Deegan is our guest this hour. He leads Jesus Loves Australia. There is a workshop on this weekend in Minchinbury about funding your ministry. It's a workshop about funding that dream, that God-given dream. Uh, Shane, if we're talking about those listeners now listening into our conversation saying, I've had a a God-given dream or I think it was given by God, there's a certain sense in which finding that dream, funding that dream, fulfilling that dream, it becomes important to us because we want to do something in serving God that will actually fulfill this life calling that he gives to people who are his servants, his followers. So at the seminar this weekend, how do you start to tackle some of those sorts of issues? 
So I think um, the first thing is that I, you mentioned earlier about stepping out of the boat and walking on water. That's that's how we get started. Jesus calls us out onto the water to try to do this seemingly impossible thing for him. But what that will look like is casting the vision before people. So just going around, talking to different people, sowing seeds. And in that place, you'll find that God has actually called some people to support the vision. And uh, in the beginning, you're trying to struggle with whether or not it's you or it's God. And so your own faith is growing. But over time, the more and more you just persist and about your passion, what you find is that God calls these people alongside to support you. And so it's not so much about raising the funds for the vision as it is about developing a support team who, you know, people who sow into the project or or monthly partners or one-off gifts. These guys and ladies actually become part of the team because you can only do it together. So it was a big step for me learning to see it. You know, when we first stepped out and booked the stadium, it was a half-million-dollar venture. I don't think we even had $500 to our name. Um, and God came through, and there were some really interesting, tough times, how two lots of that money came through, first the deposit and the final payment for the stadium. But over time, I've learned that that was probably a little bit, you know, we were depending on God, not on people. That was the thought process behind that. We didn't want to be a burden to anyone. But I guess over time, I just was waiting and, Putting burden on putting burdens on other people by not paying our bills on time or by the expected date, so I had to mature. And so some people gave me this book, and it was called Funding Your Ministry. And I realised that this is actually about developing a support team, people who believe in the project and who God has called. Because if He's called you to this project, then He's called others to fund it, and um, and you can only do it together. So as you go out there and you sow seeds, casting the vision, people will want to be part of that. There are people who believe in the cause. What you're talking about here is when I think of this type of uh, pursuit, of uh, how you actually talk about your vision or your dream, uh, sometimes I think of that terminology, loud faith. Because your faith, if you have a dream and you want to see that eventually fulfilled, you can't do that sitting in silence unless it's something really that you're just between you and God and uh, pursuing a direction that you are personally going. But if you've got a big vision, you have to be loud with your faith because how how then could you actually connect uh, with anyone who who also shared your dream and your vision if you don't talk about it. So the way you actually talk about it, I mean, this is, I guess, one-on-one conversations. It's when you're up in front of a group of people. Uh, tell us a little how you've pursued that, uh, Shane, uh, so so far as this sort of idea of, of, of casting the vision, as you say. It's like uh, like sharing with others what you want to do, and then they actually jump on board. Yeah, so I guess um, for my particular campaign, it was about the gospel. So we tried to just go out there and and connect with Christian leaders at at these events where Christian leaders are, um, bring up pastors, uh, find like-minded people and share it with them. So I go connect a lot with evangelists, 
for my particular one. Um, but you'll find that as you just pray into it, um, you're seeking to follow God because everything really is coming out of relationship with Him. And as you're spending time there in prayer, He'll give you ideas about the next person to speak to or the next place to go to or event or leader to contact. And um, in that way, just kind of you're following Jesus and He knows where He's taking you. Okay, let's take a call and our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Love to hear from you and your contribution in our conversation today. Uh, Eris is on the line from Brisbane. Hello, welcome along. Yeah, hi. How are you? Hi. How are you, Shane? Hi, Eris. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Eris, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I met Shane and his family in Brisbane and... I was inspired by his um, uh, thoughts on this coming up thing in Sydney and the way he's, uh, yeah, uh, I can't think what to say. Iris, what you're talking about, uh, when you meet someone like Shane, you do uh, and are able to identify what is inspiring in the things that he says. Uh, in other words, uh, Shane, the sorts of things that you've been able to share have been credible, have been clear, and uh, in the minds of those who would respond, uh, achievable. And it might be a big vision. You might not have had that half a million dollars, uh, but this is something that people will say, you know what, I think together we can do this. What are your thoughts for Eris and his inspiration, uh, even to the sorts of things that you've shared? Yeah, that's right. I guess probably one of the things is when you go out there, you've got this God birth dream in your heart um, that, you know, and you think that, oh, everyone will get it, everyone will see it. And um, it's probably not going to be everyone in the beginning that first sees uh, the benefits of or the effectiveness of your particular proposal campaign project. Um but what I've found is that it's kind of more about developing relationships with people. So as you go out there and you cast the vision and, and you go back and you talk to them again and, and they're hearing about how things are progressing and it might only be one in 20, even one in 10 in the beginning that really, you know, believe alongside you. Um, part of it is not getting discouraged in the beginning to keep going and, and to keep putting it before people. Um, and keep going back to people who even the first time might not have actually thought that it was that good of an idea. But over time, people hear your heart and they get to know you. And um, whether or not the idea sounds crazy or achievable, what people are actually buying into, for use of, uh, for lack of better language, is you. They're seeing your heart and that this might be possible and that it is needed for whatever sector you're going into. Shane, let's take a call before we progress our conversation further. Uh, I want to just say thank you so much, John, who's been waiting patiently. Hello, John from Tasmania. Welcome along. Yeah, g'day, g'day. Uh, hi, Shane. Um, yeah, hi, I moved to my area here um, about three, four years ago and... Um, um, God's given a very clear div, uh, vision for this area that I've moved in, the north northeast of Tassie. Now, there's probably people who might be listening that go to church here in Scottsdale, um, and um, you know, I've been I've been really struggling over the last uh, three years, 
four years, um, we've been able to um, encourage and motivate a lot of people. Um, and because I find you mentioned that about you've got to be loud in your face and you've got to be bold, um, but people don't generally like people being bold in their face. Um, like I'm probably one of the younger Christians in this area, um, and you know it's it's, it's difficult when when leaders um, uh, don't um, find out like. They don't like finding out where the where like basic goals of evangelism and discipleship um, aren't being achieved, and so you know I just find it really really struggle to um, to be encouraged and encourage others when when you you know the basics of 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 faith in, and following Christ um, uh, you know it's difficult um, that being seen and being met. John, I think you're expressing one of the frustrations. I, I think there'll be a lot of people listening to our conversation today saying, I've had this frustration too. And uh, a special encouragement to people in Scottsdale, in Tassie, as uh, we get a response here from Shane uh, for John and hearing about those sorts of frustrations. Uh, your thoughts, Shane? Yeah, what I've found is that um, it, part of that's the Australian culture, who we are as a people, so they call it tall poppy syndrome and a lot of ministers are aware that this is the Australian culture where we attack people or we don't support people who are spearheading something. But what I've learned is that people actually secretly admire that. So they might not say it to you, they might not sign on and get behind you or get involved, but when you are out there spearheading, pushing um, whether it be, you know, with your efforts in evangelism and discipleship or whatever it is in particular you're doing, you rest in the fact that um, you're kind of setting an example for them. They are looking and they are inspired by your faith. So you're kind of championing for them, even though they're not necessarily following you. The second thing is that, um, uh, like... Get, uh, and I guess you would know this, but the source of your strength, the source of your energy, your own inspiration just has to be in your personal time with God. So if you ever get to a place where you're getting personally discouraged because of the lack of involvement or engagement, just take some time to get aside with the Lord. Could be half a day or a day or two or get up a mountain or go to some remote place. And just seek him, get into the word, pray, pray, pray. And you'll find that in that place, he will refire you, he will reinvigorate you, and you'll be able to go back out there and burn brightly for Jesus. And while we're just giving this a mention here, John, you're in Scottsdale in Tasmania, and uh, there are lots of other towns, and I know that there are some fabulous churches there, especially uh, northwest coast of w- of uh, Tassie. Uh, I wonder whether uh, is there a particular contact point that you have for people in Tassie to actually, you know, perhaps give you some encouragement, get on board, and uh, be part of what you're doing. What's a, uh, what's a way to contact you? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, just because of um, the frustration I've gone, I've gone like trying to to encourage churches, etc., and and people within the churches, and I probably haven't done enough of it yet, but. Um, with a small family, etc., it's hard to balance. But um, I've actually now just about to launch a, a website for Scottsdale as well. Um, so you please pray for that. Um, that would be a big thing. Um, I'm just trying to put it together last night, even. So 
um, yeah, just something that, it, that, you know, with the frustration of not being able to get something on the ground um, happening, um, to be able to, to at least put something out there so people can, can connect in with. A great initiative. John, in Scottsdale in Tasmania, and I encourage uh, Tasmanians, keep an eye out for this website that uh, John is producing because that's the thing that, I guess, in some sense, you know, sometimes we talk about that biblical idea of writing down the vision and making it clear because in if we don't do that, uh, how will people connect and understand the direction that you're going? Uh, Shane, this is, this is an important a- aspect here, I imagine, in your strategy because if you have a God-given dream, uh, and you're going to be loud in your uh, faith and the way that you're going to sow those seeds, uh, sow that vision, as you've said, uh, there's a certain sense in which then you have to get some clarity to that so that people understand the direction you're going. That's right. And um, I think that we also, we should, what I've found is involving other leaders, citywide leaders, for our particular thing, you know, our heart is unity and unity isn't just everyone coming together and doing my thing. It's kind of let us work together for our city. And in that place, when people have a voice into what's going on um, and it's kind of like buy into what's going on, their hearts involved, their ideas are being listened to and some of them are being implemented, then working together on any particular project is probably a better way um, to engage others. But what I just wanted to say, um, just to John, if he's still there or still listening, is, you know, they did a study recently about what is the difference between people who make it to the top and um, in in different areas, in sports areas, in academic areas, and um, I forget the third one, I think it was... uh, Could be business. Yes, it was actually, yep. And um, it was passion and perseverance. If people just have passion, they often start out well but don't finish well. If people have perseverance, they'll do okay. Like, they'll get there in the end, but it wouldn't have been a great journey and they wouldn't have been extremely successful in it. But with passion and perseverance, resting in, and so that's, you know, great wisdom, but resting in the fact that God, is doing this and we just need partner with him follow him lift our faith up put our hope in him doing it when we're starting to get tired or discouraged um just our own relationship knowing his goodness then that will often get us to where we want to go and uh, john still on the line i suspect and i'll get uh, shane's insight here too but if you're trying to get a project off the ground and you say, who am I? I'm not very important. I don't have high profile. I don't have the sort of credibility to lead something significant. Uh, I suspect getting the endorsement of those leaders in your community is going to be an important element. And uh, and uh, so I'll just get a comment here from, from Shane because this idea that uh, others have credibility, we may not feel as though we have that yet, but getting their endorsement will be an important uh, aspect not only for the accountability for what we do, but it also uh, just lends uh, some real substance to the vision that we might be presenting. That's right. And so I would definitely go to the leaders in the city, the um, the fathers, the mothers who have poured decades, some of them decades into that city, and at least give them the honour and the respect to go to them with the idea, whether or not that because of your background you might 
be new in town or might not have done that much before. They might not necessarily come on board immediately, but at least from that moment you have their attention. Um, and, and they'll normally bless you and your efforts to go anyway. But you can know that they'll be watching you. And uh, as you keep at it, over time what you find is though, although initially not many might have come on board with the idea because they there was no trust there, there was no relationship, over time um, they will start to little bits here and there, open doors for you and then... Um, yeah, some of them fully get behind you. But then others who might have in the beginning thought it was just an amazing idea, yes, this is what the town needs, they give their yes, but there's no actual weight behind it in terms of, yes, we'll come and be involved, but um, not much happened or there wasn't much of a turnout from it. So you can never really take yeses and nos at the face value of what they actually mean in the long run but just keep building those relationships with those key leaders because they really are like spiritual gatekeepers over the city and will have a lot of pull because the more faith that is with you in terms of that team that you're developing, um, the team for the funding, your mission, if you require funding for it, the team for you know doing the administrative side of it, the evangelism, the prayer, the discipleship, all those different components, um, that is going to need um, people. And so their faith joining with you, it's kind of like it opens up the heavens, opens up these massive spiritual doors where this favor of God just opens up. And uh, more and more over time with that perseverance and that passion, you'll see the fruit of your labors. It does come. Just don't give up. That's the key. John from Tasmania, thanks so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts. You might have a question about how you, in fact, find, fund and fulfil your God-given dream. We're talking about a workshop seminar that is on this weekend in Sydney. And, of course, all of this about a process, part of a strategy leading to what will be a significant event for Sydney and for all of Australia because the expectation is that the excitement that comes from a two-week program and filling Sydney's ANZ Stadium uh, will be something that will be significant for the nation. Uh, Shane, let me just ask you about leaders here because when you're doing something as big as what you're planning, it's not just you as the senior leader, but there are all sorts of other people who might have joined on initially they become like under leaders, uh, perhaps second tier leaders, and they're not all going to be perfectly mature, full of wisdom type leaders, but there's a journey that they're on and there's an accumulation of wisdom that's ahead of them. Give us some sort of thoughts about the value of actually doing something because others' leadership talents are being developed. That's right. So because God has called you to do what you need to do, then he's also called others to help support. And um, for our particular project, there's the different teams look like evangelism, prayer, and then there's event management, marketing, which is a lot of the admin, um, and also support raising. And some of the people who come along, they might have a passion because they are called, but they might not have a lot of experience. But it's more about the heart. So people who believe in it, their faith is in it, their love is in it, they just have that heart for the lost or the mission, the cause, whatever it is. Um, just as they get in and get involved, get thrown in the deep end, so to speak, you'll find 
Um, they might not have a lot of the skills, but you can just come alongside them and help them. And some people are extremely skilled. Um, in fact, they actually talk about if you're going to do this, the five C's of any particular um, team member. And so from memory, it's competence, uh, uh, which just talks about the skills to be able to do the job. Capacity, which talks about the time. Some people want to volunteer but might not necessarily have the time available. Uh, another one is character. Um, so are they uh, following Jesus and not just with their words but with their heart and their actions? Um, chemistry, do you get along with them? Um, if you get along with them, you know, some people might love the project but you just, there's no chemistry there, there's no affinity with the person. Um, and the fifth C is, oh, I forget, yeah, capacity, <laughs> uh, competence. Not yeah, going to be able anyway, to help with that but, one. But, uh, but those are important aspects of when you are getting some legs on your dream because as you share the vision, as you sow the vision, then those skills will come. Now, that's an aspect of faith in itself because not, none of us is perfectly skilled in all of these different areas and we're going to need to work together with others. And I wonder whether you can reflect, Shane, on with the organisation that you've put together for this big event that you've got planned for later this year, how the skills have come to you from different sectors and you never anticipated that they would, but somehow or other they turned up. Yes, yeah, so... Um, different people, you mean? Yeah, different people with the skills that are required to be able to lead uh, the organisation to make things happen. Yeah, so I guess as we were just going around sharing uh, the heart of what we want to do, again, that's just about reaching the city. You know, Sydney's a city of 5 million people and over 4.5 million people don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so our heart is just to get the gospel to them. And um, people sign up. Uh, you know, in terms of they love the idea, they want to get involved. Um, and so you just find out what they have in their heart. Some people want to work with kids. Other people might have done, you know, one of our guys here had been a lead elder of a massive conference here, so he was able to just slot in and look after all the volunteers. And, and so God literally brings people with different interests. Um, and but they might not have the experience in your particular thing, so you just draw alongside them and help them. I mean, I didn't have that much experience either, so I was kind of figuring it all out. But just journeying together, journeying with Jesus and getting the input of some professionals in the industry who might not, um, you might not have the funds to be able to afford, but they're willing to come alongside you and give you some advice. It all just kind of works together, I guess. God makes it work together. Uh, let's take another call. Des from Laverton in WA is on the line. Hello, Des. Welcome. Yeah, good morning. How are we over there on the East Coast? <laughs> Very, Very well. well. And uh, you know, I'm yeah, I'm basically sitting here in Brisbane, and uh, we've got Shane in Sydney, and you're in Laverton. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts, Des, for our conversation? Look, everything you guys are talking about is absolutely correct. Out here in Laverton, uh, we had that same situation. We had to talk. Loud, like you were talking about before, about our vision, uh, the uh, finance to be able to do that vision. Yes, uh, God came along and He gave us a supermarket, roadhouses, and other business enterprises to be able to fund it because we're so far out in the desert. 
And you're just talking about people coming in who um, have experiences that we don't have experience in those lines, and that is starting to happen. And because of that finance base, and second what you're talking about with the stadium in Sydney, we're now able to go out and bring those people in and say, yeah, bring your ministry in. We'll fund it. We don't have to worry about things. It's exactly what you guys are talking about. It's about just speaking it out loud, going out there prayerfully, doing it in the uh, righteousness that it needs to be done in, and all those things, the finance, the people to be able to do it, that uh, people to come around you to do all those different jobs. It is so correct, and I can't speak more about that. Uh, we just got to speak louder about it as a Christian community to just go out in faith and just start talking loud to get the job done. There's great encouragement there. Your response, Shane? Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Um, passion, perseverance equals success done by the grace of God. Um, he just got to remember it's him who's doing this he is the one who's called you so he has called people to fund it he has called people to support to work in different parts of the project so there's a rest in that grace okay thank you so much to des in laverton in wa and interesting to pick up perhaps even on some aspects of some of the things that des was sharing there it's this idea that it's god's uh, vision. It's If it's a God-given dream, then it's God's dream. And as soon as it's just Shane's dream, as soon as it becomes something self-centered, uh, I imagine that there's less enthusiasm. But the leader has to be, no doubt, especially uh, sensitive to ensuring that it's not just something that gets overtaken by this humanness that we have, but it, that it remains a God-given dream. Uh, what are your thoughts here about keeping God at the centre of the dream here, Shane? I find that um, the minute you start taking ownership of it or you start doing it in your own strength, it just gets too hard and uh, you wonder, you get frustrated uh, you start to get discouraged because it's not actually happening. And so that's when you've just got to withdraw, get back um, in that time with God, just give all the burns, the discouragement uh, to him and place it back in his hands because we can probably start to run ahead of God a little bit. I know I, I tend to do that. And so it's just drawing back into him, giving it to him and placing your face in him, choosing to hope in him and uh, sit there and wait for him to fulfill it and speak that out, you know, be unashamed to speak out that God is doing this. He will fulfill his dream because I don't want to be in a place that is out of his will. If this isn't his dream, I don't want to be doing it. I just want to be where he is. That's kind of what I tend to do. And the funding that is going to fulfill the dream, uh, I imagine, uh, that you can't identify that the funding appears by some sort of magical act. But in the providence of God, in the way that the circumstances around your dream and the way that you've conducted this idea of sowing the seeds, uh, sowing the vision, uh, people gathering around, uh, people bringing their skills and their gifts from all different angles, uh, that in amongst that, the funding comes. Is that a easy, perhaps a simplistic way of talking about that, Shane? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, with us last year, we uh, we needed the deposit for the stadium, which was $75,000. And on the day that we needed it, we had less than $1,000. And uh, so we gathered around together and we said uh, the committee, the organising committee is about 
15 to 20 people and just said, okay, guys, what are we going to do? And um, someone said, all right, we need to fast and pray. So we fasted and prayed over the next three days. And um, one of the ladies, actually, while she was praying, the very next morning, before we even actually started the fast, she, while she was praying, she saw this word, Chinese pastors. And so one of the other ladies was an intercessor, and she went in and she knew several Chinese pastors, so she gathered them together in a room. And um, I went in there and kind of cast the idea for revival and the harvest and, and mass evangelism. And the pastors loved it and invited me into their churches. And over the next seven days, that 75,000 came in. And um, it again happened with, uh, with the final balance that we needed for the stadium. The due date was fast approaching. We actually, on that day, Again, we only had about a thousand dollars. We needed to pay another seventy, um, and uh, so we gathered around. We prayed, and we had actually been praying in weeks in lead up to it. But we just really, everyone in the committee unanimously felt the Lord saying, "Just have faith, trust Him. He would do it. Have faith, trust Him." Because the first time we got a specific word, which had kind of got the funding, we were looking for that specific word, but we weren't getting a specific word, and. Uh, so it actually came to the the bill being overdue to pay the deposit in the stadium and kind of let it slide a little bit. But um, everyone, every person, every church had given what they could, everyone on the organising committee had given what they could. And um, so we gathered around and we had about $10,000 and all up we still needed $170,000. We're only one week out from the final date. And uh, which was 60% of our budget, our, our cash budget, because there was, it was a half million dollar campaign, but there was 280,000 was cash. And so everyone had given everything they could. We'd been to everyone we could think of, business, church, no one had anything left to give. But we chose to just step out of the boat and believe God for it, because um, we, we could have withdrawn, pulled out. And that night, a man had a dream in Melbourne, and that dream... Um, triggered, it caused him to send out an email and over the next three days, the money for the stadium came. Then the next day, the money for the sound system came and then the next day, the money for this, um, the stage came and they were the three big payments we needed to make literally either by the deadline or a couple of hours after the deadline but not totally. Well, it Shane, God's timing. we have run out of so, time in our conversation okay. and I know that Listeners would love to hear more. Uh, these are miraculous things just in the bringing together of those components that will make that dream come to pass. I'll just quickly give the website where you can connect for this weekend's Funding Your Ministry workshop. JesusLovesAustralia.com You'll be able to see what the vision is there. JesusLovesAustralia.com uh, you'll be able to connect with Shane. You might become part of a team. If you're uh, a Sydney cider or around the Sydney area listening to our conversation now, uh, the rest of us around Australia are going to be watching and looking and being exp- inspired by the things that are coming to pass as this dream comes to fulfilment. Shane Deegan leads Jesus Loves Australia, jesuslovesaustralia.com. Uh, still lots of dollars, no doubt, required there to make things happen. But Shane, thank you so much for for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil, for having us. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.